I end every single episode the exact same way with the tagline, don't say I didn't warn you. I have been warning about Antifa activists for over a year. Plenty of people have been on this longer than I have been for years. Take somebody like Andy No, editor-at-large of The Post Millennial, which I write articles for, so my editor, has been talking about this for years. He got assaulted by Antifa at an event that he was covering. I had death threats leveled against me and my family by Antifa. They have been everywhere. Are we forgetting that the guy who tried to blow up an ICE detention facility in Washington state claimed to be a member of Antifa and Governor Jay Inslee said that there was no such thing, that Antifa isn't a real thing, that's just protesters, and the media labeled this guy as if he was just a protester, not a terrorist. My son is almost 16 years old, and he said to me, Dad, why aren't the people who are destroying things downtown considered terrorists? I mean, they're blowing things up, they're lighting things on fire, they're attacking people. Isn't that terrorism? From the mouths of babes, and he ain't that young. So, why are people so surprised that Antifa is now rioting and looting and destroying cities across America? Riddle me that! Or here, better, let's go with the Batman reference a little bit more. If you've seen the new movie Joker with Joaquin Phoenix, one of the problems I had with this movie was that I didn't think this guy was a match for Batman. No way he could exist in the same world. This guy with these issues, he just, his, it was just anarchy. That's all he was looking for. And he didn't seem to be that much of a threat. Well, it seems to be our politicians view the protesters this exact same way. Meanwhile, They've had pallets of bricks delivered to these places. They're putting out calls online, as I've just posted, for things they need to resist um, what the police are going to do to them when they riot. There is a difference between the protesters who are protesting peacefully and the people who are rioting. Protesters, I may not agree with everything they say. I think we're all in agreement that what happened to George Floyd was unconscionable and awful, and those officers should be punished, which is why the Department of Justice is investigating which is why the FBI is investigating, which is why the officers were fired, and the main officer who put his knee on the guy's neck is in jail right now and being brought up on charges. These things don't happen overnight. They were fired almost immediately. So, ask me, answer me this. What is not being done that you want to see done? Okay, that's a conversation we can have. Myself and the protesters, you want to bring more awareness to race? Great. Why are you letting these protesters and rioters, I'm sorry, these rioters and looters co-opt your cause? They are bringing down the conversation. They are destroying your narrative because they are all being looped into one thing. The media, in fact, is putting these two together. They're trying to justify the riots and the looting. I know anytime I get upset, what do I do? I head straight for the nearest target and steal a flat panel TV. That is how I show everybody I am upset. This is ridiculous. The West Wing had a great episode. It was called Somebody's Going to Emergency, Somebody's Going to Jail. And it was Big Block of Cheese Day. For those of you who don't know the show, once a season, Leo McGarry, the chief of staff of the White House, would come out and talk about how there was a big block of cheese in the White House and everybody was allowed to come take for it. So in that spirit that people could come and ask their questions of his staff one time a month. 
who wouldn't have the ear of the White House? Toby Ziegler, who is the communications director, is sent to meet with people protesting the WTO. And as he's sitting there, they're yelling and screaming at him. And he's just sitting there because he doesn't have to actually talk to them because they got the TV cameras out of the room. And he notes that they claim to speak for the underprivileged and the minorities, and yet there are no minorities in the room. Mayor Jenny Durkin of Seattle said that these pro these riots and looting is mostly being done by white men. Well, Antifa is mostly white people. Who are they representing? The people who want to protest race inequality and what happened with George Floyd are doing that. So why the riots? Why the looting? Why are you burning down churches that Abraham Lincoln went to near the White House? Why are you desecrating monuments in Washington, D.C.? Why are you bashing out the window of Nordstrom's? Oh, I love the corporate messaging during all this. Nordstrom's is posting things saying they stand with Black Lives Matter. Let's talk about Black Lives Matter for a minute. I understand the root cause. I have some disagreements with some of their issues, but here's something we need to think about. Black Lives Matter was also advocating for Israelis to stop oppressing the Palestinians as part of their messaging platform. Go look it up. They were calling Israelis apartheid regimes and all that fun that we've heard before. Isn't that discriminating against a different minority group? Isn't it? Sorry, I thought we were for racial inequality, and now you're bringing anti-Semitism into your platform? Now, Nordstrom is probably doing this and Target is probably posting these things because they don't want people to continue destroying their stores. I understand it. But at the same time, a little truth. You know, my wife made an excellent point. If you don't say anything on Twitter or Facebook, nobody will notice right now because there's so much garbage being thrown out online. Everybody has an opinion. You don't need to have one. Opinions are like buttholes. Everybody has one and you don't need to hear everybody's. You do not need to put these things out into the universe. I don't need to be tweeting right now. I don't need to be commenting right now. We all agree that what that police officer did was wrong. It does not mean there's a systematic failure of the police department. Plenty of officers, I'd say 99.9% .9 of them, agree that this was wrong. In fact, we saw the Bellevue Police Department yesterday during the protests, talking with the protesters and telling them, we stand with you. And that was the chief of police of Bellevue telling them that. In other cities, the police are marching with the protesters. Protests are fine. People are allowed to exercise their First Amendment rights under the Constitution. But these rioters and looters are destroying our country. And people aren't doing anything about it. In fact, they're giving cover to them. Politicians like Kashama Sawant, Seattle City Council Marxist, is encouraging them. You find out that Bill de Blasio's daughter was arrested. My favorite part of her arrest, she gave her address as Gracie Mansion. She gave the Gracie Mansion address. She was arrested for rioting. Why do you need to burn down the city to show? No, what this really was, was this was an organized effort. And if it wasn't this, it would be something else. And the reason that Democrat politicians are not condemning these people, specifically Antifa, they're saying, oh, you shouldn't riot, you shouldn't loot. Great. Be a little bit more specific. The reason they're not calling out Antifa is because it's the militant wing of the socialist activist class that has become the base of the current Democrat party, which is sad for me to say because I used to be a Democrat and I've seen how far this party has fallen. Geraldine Ferraro, first woman to run for vice president of the United States, was at my bar mitzvah. I voted for Al Gore. 
Thank God he didn't win. But that's a whole nother conversation. I wasn't always this smart about politics. I didn't care back then. Some girl I was dating said to me, hey, you know all Jews are Democrats when it was time for me to register to vote. So I voted for Democrat because I did not care. Once I learned more about it, changed my whole perspective. I remember the exact day I stopped being a Democrat. It was on 9-11 because I kept making excuses. No, this wasn't terrorism. Something else happened. It must have been an accident until I realized it was terrorism. And I was just blowing this stuff out of nowhere, out of complete nowhere. So that's when I started getting into politics and learning more and more and more about it and realized I wasn't a liberal. It wasn't. It wasn't the kind of thing I do. Do I have views that overlap with liberals? Sure. Do I have views that overlap with conservatives? Sure. I look for the common sense approach. And rioting and looting is not common sense. It is destructive. It hurts people. Here's something. They destroyed the Chinatown International District neighborhood of Seattle. So you claim to speak for these minorities and the majority of small businesses are owned by minorities and you are destroying them. There are videos of people destroying minority-owned businesses. They destroyed Chinatown. I got a call from a friend of mine from the campaign the other day who was telling me the impact this had on Chinatown. Who wasn't doing the destruction? White millennials. White millennials who sympathize with Antifa, who joined Antifa. And those of you who think it came out of nowhere, they're not organized. Oh, you are so wrong. They have recruiting events in Seattle. They do trainings in Seattle. I've been talking about this for a year. They are very organized. Very, very organized. In fact, they even have codes and messaging. It works more like a terrorist organization than you know. Each cell operates independently. They have Facebook pages talking about what they're going to do. But they have messaging that comes from on high, which is why you hear the same messaging across platforms, across cities. You're hearing the exact same thing. And the media is helping with this. The media is helping get this message out. They're now trying to say, oh, it's white supremacists out there. No! Did anybody see white supremacists out there? They're not talking about the fact that the Proud Boys are part of this militant group that they're, you know, getting all into. They're not talking about that. Sorry, not the Proud Boys. The John Brown Gun Club, which is the militant armed wing of Antifa, as if Antifa wasn't bad enough. The Proud Boys are more on the right. I haven't seen them at any of these events. I haven't seen any white supremacist, white nationalist at any of these events. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? These people are dressing up in all black, covering their faces, and going and smashing in stores. You had gang violence yesterday, looting and rioting at Bellevue Square. At Bellevue Square, you have gang violence going on. And police are being told to stand down. To let these minority business owners, every single penny they had invested in these businesses, be destroyed. Be destroyed. What is the benefit of, sto- of not stopping this? Why let this continue? We're in for another night of it tonight. We are. There's people already posting online about it. They're talking about targeting Mercer Island. That's like targeting Beverly Hills, which they did today. What did Rodeo Drive do to deserve this? What? The cops were fired. One cop is facing charges. The other ones probably will too. Department of Justice is investigating. The FBI is investigating. What more do you want? If you want to have the conversation, have the conversation. If it wasn't this, it would be something else. Here's something else. Usually there's not as many people available because they're not locked down in their home for three months. People have jobs. Now they have nothing to do. Let me ask a question. Have we just said that coronavirus is over now? Because now 
liberal governors and mayors across the country are allowing these protests. I thought large gatherings were a problem in the age of coronavirus. I see tons of people not wearing masks and they're standing shoulder to shoulder with each other. So are we now discounting everything from coronavirus? Is it just stay back to work um, protests that are the ones that cause coronavirus? That are the ones that spread coronavirus? Why are those not being treated the exact same way? If you want to protest, it is your First Amendment right to do so. Go ahead, Gazutohe. You want to burn down Nordstrom's? You want to burn down Target? You want to burn down AutoZone? No, that is illegal, and you should be arrested. So why are celebrities now bailing these people out of jail? Can I ask a different question? Why are people being released from jails in the age of coronavirus? You think that wasn't going to contribute more to what's going on? I have been warning about this for a year. Others have been warning about this for longer. Don't say I didn't warn you. We'll be back with plenty more in the Canary in a Coal Mine podcast. Don't go away. We'll be back after a word from our sponsor. Welcome back to Canary in a Coal Mine. Remember, if you like the podcast, to subscribe it, to rate it, to share it. Those of you that were hating on me this week because of my interview with a police officer while all this was going on, the head of the Seattle Police Union, thank you so much. You got me a record number of shares, likes, and listens, and I greatly appreciate it. So please, keep up the good work. Many of you were the same ones who were sticking up for Antifa while they were putting out death threats on my family and encouraging them to go riot and loot in Seattle on Saturday night. Because what began as a peaceful protest in downtown Seattle Saturday night became a full-blown riot due to Antifa activists. I leave you guys alone. For 48 hours, I went offline for a Jewish holiday. Why is it always on the Jewish holidays? Everything goes to hell. Hundreds of protesters showed up Saturday for the March for Justice George Floyd event. As the peaceful march, and I want to reemphasize this, the peaceful march reached the Westlake area Saturday afternoon. A second group arrived in the area, and according to witnesses made up of mostly white, young, masked Antifa activists, began throwing rocks and attacking police officers. There is video of this everywhere. Anarchists and Antifa activists began throwing Molotov cocktails and lit several police cruisers on fire. Police deployed flashbang grenades to disperse the attackers. The peaceful protesters began leaving the scene. They left, while the aggressive rioters remained. As the riot escalated, Mayor Jenny Durkin signed an emergency order and imposed a curfew from 5 p.m. Saturday to 5 a.m. Sunday. Mind you, we had that last night. Sunday night, and we're having it again tonight, Monday night. She also banned weapons in the area. Sorry, Second Amendment, you can't do that. People have the right to protect their businesses, and you see these business owners being assaulted by these crazies when they're trying to protect their life savings and their minorities. Rioters began breaking into retail stores and looting while police began firing tear gas. Excuse me. Many businesses downtown have been boarded up for weeks because of local coronavirus response shutdown orders, but this does not stop business owners from coming down to check on their locations. Many were seen crying because their life's work and livelihood were destroyed. Now, this one kind of brings a smile to my face. At the most surreal moment of the riot, Cairo 7 News captured a video of an alleged rioter who looked like an Antifa, white Antifa activist, leaving the cheesecake factory carrying an entire intact cake. Now, joke's on them because it was probably made out of wax. It's probably from the display case. Downtown residents 
were ordered to shelter in place while Governor Jay Inslee deployed 200 National Guard troops to assist the police officers. So now everybody's locked down unconstitutionally because you people cannot control the very core of the people that vote for you in this city. Yes, I said that. The Antifa activists are their militant base of their party. And they can't control them. They have created this monster. They have allowed it to grow and done nothing about it. You think it's not obvious who these people are? At every single Seattle City Council meeting, these people show up to protest whatever it is. Inslee specified in his tweets and announcement that National Guardsmen would be unarmed, even though rioters, while destroying police cruisers, stole two AR-15 rifles from the cruisers. At least one of these rifles appears to have been recovered by a security guard for local Q13 Fox reporters. You want to tell me I can't have a gun when rioters are carrying AR-15s that they stole from police officers? You out of your mind and you're sitting in the National Guard unarmed? What are you thinking? It's in Hamish last night. I love that all these residents went out to protect their town. They're all fully armed in tactical gear. Another thing I really enjoyed watching yesterday was that these protesters, I'm sorry, these rioters, I got to distinguish between the two, and looters were trying to get into Coronado in San Diego. Anybody know what that is? That's where they train Navy SEALs. Oh, that would have been so much fun to watch if they had actually got in. You're going to attack the place where they train Navy SEALs. Very smart. As the riots grew, areas of I-5 were closed and traffic was diverted away from downtown. According to witnesses, police reinforcements did not appear in the downtown area until hours after the riots began, and that it appeared as if police had been given a stand-down order because they were not making arrests while watching stores being looted. And we have since been told that that is exactly what happened. How is it that Governor Jay Inslee, Mayor Durkin, everybody else in Seattle area were the last ones to realize there might be a protest riot in Seattle, that there might be looting in Seattle, where it happens almost every single May Day. Unbelievable. How were they so unprepared? While the riots were in full swing, King County Executive, Executive Dow Constantine even tweeted that he was so proud he had given them masks. They encouraged this nonsense. The tweet was later deleted after being called tone deaf and insensitive. Local Marxist Seattle City Council member Kashama Sawant was also called out on social media for encouraging the riots. By 9 p.m., the majority of the rioters had dispersed, while police stood guard over destroyed stores. Cities across the U.S. are facing similar riots, downtown Portland being looted and destroyed by Antifa activists. Many, like myself, questioned why Seattle leaders were not prepared for a similar occurrence. Antifa allies and supporters on social media continue to encourage the riots through multiple posts throughout the evening and yesterday and today. I will not share these people. I will not share their tweets and give them the attention they crave. In the aftermath of the riots, many question the logic of the police possibly begin being given an order not to arrest looters. Mayor Durkin banning legal gun owners from protecting themselves and their livelihood and Governor Inslee sending a National Guard troops unarmed into an area described by many as a war zone. This in addition to other local officials seeming to encourage the destruction. The main question echoed by many Seattle residents and myself on social media was in the wake of the riots across the country, why were Seattle leaders not prepared? for this if you have an idea put it in the comments are they encouraging this well they've said oh they don't want the rioting and the looting but continue protesting why continue protesting if we have a threat of coronavirus also is this not a threat to public safety are we not worried about coronavirus anymore you can't have it both ways pick one we'll be back after a few words from our sponsor No hidden gems today. I mean, I got books and stuff that I've been reading, but I am so upset 
I got other things I want to talk about today. We'll come back to all that stuff. I got a lot of good stuff for later in the week. Keyboard activists seem to believe that anyone who disagrees with them should be called a Nazi, a fascist, a white supremacist, even if they are Jewish like me, or a minority or a victim of hate groups. Anyone who throws around these terms so easily is demonstrating their own ignorance of history, especially with regards to the 10 million souls brutally murdered for being different by white supremacists under the fascist rule of Adolf Hitler. As children in Jewish day schools, we were raised on the stories of Jewish martyrs, Rabbi Akiva, who, while being tortured by the Romans, died saying the holiest of prayers, the Shema. Eleazar the Maccabee, facing overwhelming odds from the Assyrian army, stabbed an elephant he believed was carrying King Antiochus, villain of the Hanukkah story, and in the process died when the elephant collapsed on top of him. Spanish Jews who refused to convert during the Inquisition and were tortured or expelled. European Jews in concentration camps who risked everything to light a menorah made out of potatoes or smuggle in a pair of tefillin for prayer. Those are those black things that you wrap around your arms made of leather that you see Jews wrapping on themselves. Not everyone learned the story of Mordechai Analevitz, the leader of the ZOB who led the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising. By November of 1940, roughly 400,000 Jews representing about 30% of all Warsaw's population were forced to live in a total area of 1.3 square miles surrounded by barbed wire and guards because they were different. Jews found outside the ghetto without permission were executed. Extreme overcrowding, inadequate food supply, and disease caused tens of thousands of deaths before deportation even began. By the end of 1941, rumors of mass extermination of Jews reached the ghetto. Anna Levitz began organizing a resistance. In 1942, German authorities began deporting 6,000 Jews a day to extermination camps. By September of 1942, over 300,000 Jews had been dispatched from the ghetto, with over 265,000 of them being murdered in the Treblinka concentration camp. The Jewish Marine Corps were able to smuggle in weapons and build bunkers in the ghetto. After several skirmishes and escapes on Passover in April of 1943, the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising began. Before the uprising, Anna Levitz wrote a letter to the Jewish masses in the ghetto. On January 22, 1943, six months will have passed since the deportations from Warsaw began. We all remember well the days of terror during which 300,000 of our brothers and sisters were cruelly put to death in the death camp of Treblinka. Six months have passed of life in constant fear of death, not knowing what the next day may bring. We have received information from all sides about the destruction of the Jews in the government general in Germany in the occupied territories. When we listen to this bitter news, we wait for our own hour to come every day and every moment. Today, we must understand that the Nazi murderers have let us live because they want to make use of our capacity to work to the last drop of blood and sweat to our last breath. We are slaves, and when slaves are no longer profitable, they are killed. Everyone among us must understand that, and everyone among us must remember it always. Approximately 750 Jews out of 400,000 were able to resist the Germans, arm, the German army and the SS for close to two weeks, even a month, even, using guerrilla tactics and makeshift weapons. On May 8th, Anna Levitz's bunker was discovered and destroyed, killing him, his girlfriend, and hundreds of other Jewish resistance fighters. While some managed to escape, the majority of the remaining Jews were sent to concentration camps and murdered. I was always fascinated by the story and confused at the same time. Why didn't more Jews resist during the Holocaust? There were those who joined partisan groups and other armies after escaping, but why did the overwhelming majority go as lambs to the slaughter? A dark topic not often discussed are the Judenrat. 
Jewish councils established by the Germans to ensure that Nazi orders and regulations were carried out. Council members were faced with impossible decisions, such as complying with Nazi demands for a list of Jews to be deported or refuse and face certain death. Some, like Joseph Parnas and Lvov, refused and were executed. Some advocated compliance, like Jacob Genz in Vilna, and even turned over Jewish resistance leaders. In Warsaw, the resistance attacked the Kapos, Jewish police who aided in enforcing German policy, viewing them as collaborators. For every Moshe Marin who denounced the underground in Sosnowik, there was an Elchanan Elkis who assisted the underground in Kovno. Throughout our history of persecution, Jews have been faced with impossible decisions. Submit or die. Something that really bothers me is the death rate for coronavirus is 0.0002%. We are not at risk of certain death, and yet we have abandoned our religious principles. And this doesn't just go for Jews. It goes for other religions as well that have dumped community prayer. Why are more people not fighting back? I know that there are churches that are. I know that there are mosques that are. I know that there are synagogues that are. And nobody's saying, well, I take that back. Very few are saying, go back without safety precautions. That's not what we're saying. But why can't you have these things? If you can go to the park and socially distance, why can't you go to synagogue and socially distance? Why can't you wear masks in synagogue if you're even that worried about it? Why? Why? We are guaranteed that no religion shall be in the right to practice your religion shall not be infringed. It's being infringed. And I can't believe how easily everybody is giving up these pillars of communal religious life. It's bothering me. I'm tired of seeing people use Nazi analogies for those that they disagree with. The act cheapens and lessens the evils committed by them. Just because you disagree with somebody's politics does not make them Hitler. Nazis murdered millions of people for being different. Not wearing a face mask or imposing lockdown orders does not make somebody a Nazi intent on killing everyone around them. Full stop. Something else has been troubling me. There are plenty of Jews and non-Jews who would like to resume prayer services safely. There are also the Jews who have junked their Judaism in favor of other isms, liberalism, socialism, whatever that ism is. And they are now full on board with these things that are more fascist than anything else they accuse us of being. People wearing jackboots and black masks and destroying minority-owned businesses. Gee, what is that really similar to? There was this thing called Kristallnacht, where they went around destroying Jewish businesses before the Holocaust began. A lot of people realized it was then too late to get out. Tell me the difference between that and Antifa. I don't understand it. Few are advocating for a reopening without precautions. The majority are being cautious and respectful, yearning for religious services. Some disagree, and that is their right. No one is forcing them to go back to services. Let me say that again. Just because you don't want to go doesn't mean the rest of us don't want to go. And if you don't want to go, that's fine. And there are people who have pre-existing conditions who want to go who can't. They could stay home for as long as they want. But for every person that wants public prayers, there's a counterpart that has reported them, bad-mouthed them, glared at them, judged at them for conducting prayer services, businesses, or other activities allowed under guidelines. There are even those too afraid to attempt it, worried about what people might say, or threats from elected officials or clergy. In the age of coronavirus, there's no certainty of death hanging over like a pall over every decision. I don't get it. I don't get it. I myself was operated, was reported for operating my business by a fellow Jew. That's how bad this has gotten. Stop calling people you disagree with Nazis, fascists, white supremacists, and worse. Anyone who throws around those terms is displaying their own ignorance. Stop judging those who have made a different choice than you. Allow those of us who are trying to return to normal responsibly to do so without judgment. You 
are now the examples your children will be raised on. We'll be back next time with a new episode of Canary in a Coal Mine podcast. We'll see you then. 